Hello, and welcome to our weekly message. In today's message, Pastor Myron continues in our sermon series called Greater Than. This week's message is titled How to Grow in Christ, from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. In this season of transition for our son Jordan, his beautiful wife Lisa, and their boys Liam and Benny, they're living with us. So uh, we were having supper not so long ago, and Liam is four, Benny is two. And at some point in the mealtime, Liam figured out that he didn't have a dinner knife. And if you're a four-year-old, that doesn't work, right? So he began to ask his mom somewhat repeatedly if he could get a knife. And finally, mom says to him, Liam, why do you even need a knife? And without so much as looking up from his plate, he matter-of-fact stated, to cut my food, Lisa. (laughs) We laughed out loud. Ask a four-year-old a question, you will get an answer, right? Children are wonderful. There's a winsome delight and joy about kids. It is no wonder the psalmist would say, children are a heritage from the Lord. On this Thanksgiving Sunday, we give God thanks for family, for kids, for grandkids. What a blessing from the Father to our lives. Now when it comes to children, of course, in time they grow up. This is expected. This is natural. And so it is in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. From the moment that we chose, having confessed our sins to Jesus, to trust in him as our only Savior and Lord, believing that he died and rose from the dead to pay for our sins. From the moment we place our trust in Christ and are transformed by God's grace, God's plan for our lives, God's will, is that we would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Growth and maturation in our faith should be as normal for the follower of Jesus by faith as it is for children in terms of how they grow and mature. So how exactly would we partner then with the Spirit of God to experience the kind of growth and strength and maturity in the Lord Jesus that our God has in his heart and plan for each of our lives? That's what we want to take on together this morning as we continue our teaching series in the book of Colossians. On your device or in your Bible, find Colossians chapter 2, 6 to 10. And here we want to explore how it is that we can partner with the Spirit of God and the amazing work that He wants to do in and through us to raise up the strength of Christ and His character in our lives. Friends, that we might partner with the Lord in what He is doing to help us to grow and mature. I want you to see, first of all, in verse 6, the fundamental principle for spiritual growth. And the fundamental principle for spiritual growth is this. It's faith. Look at verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. How did we receive Christ Jesus as Lord initially? It's what we've already talked about. We confessed our sins And we trusted in the Lord Jesus as the one alone who could rescue us from our sins and lead our lives. You come to the Lord Jesus by faith alone. 
in that dynamic, when we place our trust in Jesus as our only Lord and Savior, God's grace transforms us. It's a faith dynamic that brings us to Christ. And Paul said to the Colossian believers, and to us today through the pages of Scripture, remember that just as you initially came to know Jesus by faith, it's the faith dynamic in Christ that continues to propel you forward in terms of spiritual growth as you follow the Lord Jesus. Now, faith is a fundamental dynamic to growing, maturing in Christ, and yes, it is. Faith is a pretty common dynamic in our world as well. For example, think of the last time that you flew somewhere. You got on an aircraft, you flew somewhere commercially. You would exercise a lot of faith, right? Took some faith to get in your vehicle and drive to the airport and assume that you would get there safely and on time. I mean, I know these are simple things, but we do them all the time. It takes trust on our part. Now, once you got to the airport, you went through security, and you placed your confidence in the people at CATSA that they would do what they needed to do and keep anybody off the aircraft who had untoward intent. Once on board the airplane, you've now surrendered yourself to confinement in a long aluminum tube that's going to take you through the wild blue yonder at speeds in excess of 800 kilometers per hour. That takes some trust. You place some trust in the cabin crew that in the unlikely event they needed to evacuate the airplane, they would be poised and competent to efficiently get everybody off the aircraft. You pay, place trust in the flight crew that they were well-rested and good at flying said airplane. And because from 37,000 feet, it's a long way to the ground below with a very sudden stop at the end, you placed your confidence in Boeing or Airbus that their aircraft would not fall out of the sky. In so many ways, every day, we live in the realm of faith and trust. Things that are beyond our control. In the Christian journey of growing in maturity and strength in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a faith journey. It's us daily saying, Lord Jesus, I trusted in you back there. You transformed my life. I choose to trust in you again today because I know in myself I don't have enough strength to overcome sin and temptation. I know that in myself I don't have the strength to overcome the evil one. I know that on my own, I don't have what it takes to walk like Jesus. But as I place my trust very intentionally in you this day, asking your Holy Spirit for strength, I have in the supernatural energy of the indwelling Christ all that I need to step into this day with strength and to experience growth and to live in victory. So what is the fundamental principle for spiritual growth it's a daily choice to place our trust our faith in king jesus as the one who will lead our lives here's a second thing i want us to see then and it's the practical pictures or the everyday pictures of spiritual growth everyday regular pictures come to us in that seventh verse and there are four of them these everyday pictures doesn't mean that they're not significant because they are so very, very insightful. How exactly, again, as we place our trust daily in Jesus, is the Spirit of God at work in and through our lives to help us to grow and mature in Christ? Let's unpackage these four pictures. Come back with me to verse 6 and we'll read through to 7. 
So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Hear these now. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. There are four word pictures there. And the first word picture is of a tree. And the key word is rooted. So, just north of Death Valley in California, in sort of the arid, deserty area of the Sierra Nevada mountains, was that bristlecone pine. Can you put that up one more time, GK? That pine tree is the oldest tree on the planet. When the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, willingly, humbly stepped out of glory in heaven to be born in Bethlehem's manger, that tree was already 2,800 years old. That tree has been on planet Earth for nearly five millennia. Oldest tree on the planet. How has it survived in the arid environment in which it is situated? That tree has roots that go deep. They're expansive. And those roots that go so deep have enabled that tree to survive for nearly 5,000 years. Friends, what we want to do is drive our roots deep into the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus had in mind when he told us in John 15 and verse 5 that I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As we trust in Jesus, as we press into him, as we abide into him, as we drive our roots into him, We experience strength to grow and to experience more of the Lord Jesus and to live lives that are marked by fruitfulness. So how do we drive our roots deeper into the Lord Jesus? Friends, for example, every time we choose to pick up the Word of God and engage it and say, Spirit of the living God, take the words of Scripture and shape my heart and my thoughts and my actions After the scriptures and after the Lord Jesus Christ, we're partnering with the Spirit of God to drive those roots a little deeper into the Lord Jesus. And every time the Spirit of God convicts us of sin, and we confess that sin, and ask Jesus to forgive us and make right with whomever we may have offended, if that's necessary, every time we do that, we're partnering with the Spirit of God, and those roots go a little deeper into the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time... We say, Jesus, I get to join you on mission. I get to be a part of exponential kingdom growth. You brought people into my life, relationships that I have, people that I can journey with towards you, Lord Jesus. Every time we make ourselves available and we say, Jesus, work through me to share something of your hope and love with this person, our roots into the Lord Jesus grow a little bit deeper. And every day that we get up and we say, Lord Jesus, this day I choose to die to myself in terms of me being the boss of my life. And instead, I volitionally choose to yield myself unreservedly to you, King Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive the same by faith. We are empowered by the Spirit of Christ within us and the Spirit of God drives those roots into the Lord Jesus Christ even a little deeper still. And in all of that, the Spirit of God is mightily at work to ground us in our Lord Jesus Christ so that we might experience more of who he is in our lives. There's a second word picture here, and it's the word picture of the building, verse 7, rooted and built up in him. 
The word picture is of a building. The key words are built up. 18 kilometers off the coast of Scotland is Bell Rock Lighthouse. It is a very famous and very well photographed lighthouse. That lighthouse has stood off the coast of Scotland, taking on the worst storms the North Seas could throw at it since 1810. What's more, 20 hours a day, that lighthouse is on a reef that's submerged underwater. So go back over 200 years, and the lead project manager was a guy by the name of Robert Stevenson. And how would he and his crew of 65 people manage to construct a lighthouse? Every day, they had just four hours. They would go out to the reef, they'd chip away, they'd lay the foundation. And as they had opportunity, working just four hours a day, they would construct the lighthouse. It was painstaking. It took them three years But in time, they got it done. It's 35 meters high. It's beautiful. And it still is functioning to today, over 200 years later. I think of the construction of that lighthouse, and I think of the Spirit of God at work in our lives. It is a work of each of our lifetimes. The Spirit of God is committed to each one of us to be at work in our lives over the long haul to increasingly conform our lives to the character and image of Christ, and the Spirit of God will get this done. But a key word here, as would have been uh, the case for the lighthouse builders, in our spiritual journey, the key word is patience. Sometimes we want to experience spiritual maturity now. Sometimes other people would expect something similar of us, and, well, we're not perfect now, but Jesus is working on it. And one day we most surely will be. What does that mean for us? It's not an excuse to live in disobedience and sin. It's a reason to never give up. In the seasons of our lives, yes, we experience setbacks. Sometimes in our spiritual journey, it's two steps forward, one back, or even one step forward, two back. We're not making excuses. But Jesus is not put off at the rough edges on our life. Jesus is not put off at those moments in which we drop the ball. What he does call us to do is come to him humbly, experience in him forgiveness and renewal, and over the course of our lives, patiently, persistently, lovingly, he is fully committed to raising us up in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to that we say, we want to press into that. Spirit of the living God, so far as it's up to me today, I volitionally set my heart towards pressing into Jesus and to experiencing his growth. Now, Holy Spirit of the living God, do in me what you alone can do and work the life of Christ in and through me. There's a third word picture, and it's the word picture of the gym, and the key word is strengthening. Verse 7 says, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Every January, tons and tons of Canadians take on this thing called the New Year's Resolution. 95% of those New Year's resolutions are related to personal health. What it means is that in January, tons of gym memberships are purchased. How long does it take for those gym memberships to start getting unpurchased? About six weeks, middle of February. 
by the middle of February, 80% of those New Year's resolutions are kind of old news and people have moved on. Friends, in terms of raising us up in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God will never pack it in. He will never quit. He is at work in our lives to strengthen us in the Lord Jesus. So with grateful hearts, we thank the Spirit of God, the living and dwelling Christ within us, for this incredible commitment to each of us. And we rest in the grace of God and say, Spirit of living God, just show me even today how I can cooperate more fully with the wonderful work you'll never give up doing in my life. What step of obedience do you want me to take? What are you calling me to do? I want to partner with you, and I want to partner with you from this perspective. I am so grateful that you will never give up on strengthening me in the Lord Jesus. And one final word picture is that of the river, and the key word is overflowing. Last part of verse 7 says, and overflowing with thankfulness. Picture a river that's overflowing. The water is spilling its banks, and that's the Apostle Paul's picture of how the follower of Jesus should be living their life, not just on Thanksgiving Sunday, but really every day with a heart that is overflowing with gratitude to God for all of his gifts, for all of his mercies, relationally, materially, spiritually. Max Lucado says, this attitude of gratitude, this grateful heart that the Apostle Paul has in mind in that seventh verse, he says when we purpose to have that grateful heart with God's help, it's like a magnet that throughout the day sweeps over the ordinary things that unfold all around us, and the magnet of the grateful heart collects things, all kinds of things. We see life a little differently. All of a sudden, we look into the night sky to the east, and we see Jupiter, which is closer to us now than it will be for 59 years, and it's bright out there. And we say, wow, God, you put that in place. You're managing all of it. Thank you, God. That's awesome. We maybe think about this. Today, each of us will inhale and exhale 11,000 liters of air. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Thank you, God. That's amazing. Our hearts will beat 100,000 times today. Our minds will think 6,400 or so thoughts. Are you kidding me? Thank you, God. Yes, we're fearfully and wonderfully made for jam on toast. Thank you. For the person last week that shared a funny story with us made me laugh, made me smile. Thank you, God, for husbands and wives who have lived in faithfulness one to another this past week and into today. Thank you, God, for children, for kids, younger, older, who have endeavored to honor God by honoring their mom, by honoring their dad. Thank you, God. I love the way Max says that. Tune your heart up with gratitude, and it'll become a magnet throughout the day, and you will see no end of things which are blessings for which we give God thanks. Some smaller, some bigger, all of them gifts from God. And then he says, remember those ten lepers in the gospel that Jesus healed? How many of them came back to thank him? That would be one. One out of ten. Max says, fellow followers of Jesus, join the ranks of the ten percent. Amen? And as we do, we endeavor to own a heart of gratitude. 
and that magnet opens our eyes to see all kinds of things that it collects, we are drawn deeper into the Father's heart. Our intimacy with him grows and our heart of gratitude to our Father for who he is and what he has done increases. And we are propelled down the track in terms of spiritual growth and experiencing more of and living in more of our Lord Jesus Christ. One last thought, and I want you to look at verses 8 to 10 where we see the incomparable person in spiritual growth. And that person is our Lord Jesus Christ. It really is all about Jesus. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, and those words in Christ are emphatic, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He's the head over every power and authority. That word fullness, in that verse in Scripture, the ninth verse of Colossians chapter 2, tells us that everything that makes God God is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is fully God. He's the incarnate Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, for example, is eternal. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere present. He's all-knowing. He is the creator of everything that is and sovereignly rules over the universe. The fullness of the God, everything that makes God God, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul makes this astonishing statement. He uses the same word, and he says, as followers of Jesus, then by God's grace in Christ, we also experience Fullness in the all-sufficient, eternal Son of God who is greater than and more than anything we could ever need for anything that we would come up against in life, be it a challenge or an opportunity. He is all we need. Now, we'll talk more about these verses and the ones that follow, God willing, next Sunday. And there Paul gets into some errant teaching that was a challenge to the Colossian church. But the false teachers in Paul's day, they took that word fullness, it's pleroma in the original, and it was a buzzword for them. For the false teachers, it was a buzzword. And they would say things like, oh sure, you want to have Jesus in your life, that's totally cool, go for it. But, but, if you want to experience all the fullness of God, you have to have a mystical connection and experience with the angels who will usher you into this fullness. And what does the Apostle Paul say? He says, full stop. No. Our Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely enough. Amen. And in him we have everything that we need. Again, God willing, we'll come back to that next Sunday. Some years ago, a fellow Canadian, a 24-year-old guy by the name of Danny Simpson, he needed some cash money. Uh, so he took an unfortunate approach to try and get his hands on some cash. He uh, grabbed a handgun. He went to a local financial institution, held it up, and made off with 6000 bucks. In time, the long arm of the law caught up with Danny. He was charged. He was tried. He was convicted. Spent six years in jail for armed robbery in the amount of $6,000. Here's the thing about the story. The handgun that Danny used to pull the armed robbery 
once the law establishment authorities had confiscated that firearm, shortly thereafter, it ended up in a museum. Why? Because it was a very rare Colt 45 semi-automatic handgun that was made in 1918 by the Ross Rifle Company in Quebec. The handgun was worth $100,000. He robbed a bank for six grand with a gun that was worth 100 grand. If Danny had only known what was in his possession, he may have made different and better choices, right? Friends, in these days, instead of looking for something extra, something more, a different experience, let's ask the Spirit of God to reveal to us more of what we already have in our possession by God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ, in our Lord Jesus is everything that we need for life and for godliness. And all God's people said, let's pray. On this Thanksgiving Sunday together, Lord Jesus, we exalt you as the king. And we are with hearts filled with gratitude, so grateful for your holy and perfect life, for the humility that you embraced to leave all that was rightfully yours in glory, to come into this world to be the only Savior of the world, and not a few of us online and here in the room have had our lives transformed forever, Lord Jesus, by your glorious sacrifice to us and our trust in you as our only Lord and Savior. We give you thanks and praise for this, and we thank you that in you, Lord Jesus, is everything that we would need to grow, to live in victory, to experience strength in the Lord Jesus and hope, and to see you do a work through us to be a blessing to others by being to them, Lord Jesus, your hands, feet, and voice. We confess with gratitude today, Jesus, that you are more than enough. You're all that we need. And how grateful we are that you would be that to us. We pray these things, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly message. As a follower of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God living in our lives. The Spirit of God longs to guide, to direct, to control us to live for the glory of God. As we live our lives, we get to partner with the Spirit of God to grow in our relationship with Christ Jesus. In Christ, we possess all that we need for living an authentic and impactful Christian life. Instead of trying to add something, let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us live in more of what we already have in Jesus. If you're experiencing challenges or hardships and would like prayer for anything going on in your life, or if you'd like to learn more about how you can begin a relationship with Jesus, please email help at hhachurch.com. That's help, H-E-L-P, at H for Harvest, H for Hills, A for Alliance, church, C-H-U-R-C-H.com. And we'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you to experience all that is available to us in Christ Jesus. Now these words from Romans 15, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. May God bless you as you go into the remainder of your day to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus.